0: Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, a.k.a. MFKS Radio, on the airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who do not have tentacles, but if they did, they would be squelching wetly.
1: Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love, but not for fucking squinch- squenching. <laughs> Is it? Did you say squelching? squelching. I said squelching. Squelching. <laughs> <Squinching>. <laughs> oh my god, not if it's full of tentacles. Get out of that dumpster.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Uh, oh, so we're going to talk about the Stranger is. Things today, in case anyone wanted to know. Um... And-
1: and just ignore the three-month gap.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. It's been a minute. Things have been uh, things have been a little insane. I think was probably the, um, the way to put it.
1: We're doing our best here.
0: We really are. We're gonna try like monthly now. I think monthly is probably the best we can expect from either of us. Yes. Basically. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and that's okay. We're doing our best, and that is okay. Um, um, all right, so. Uh, in case you are unaware, I suppose, um, this is going to be very spoiler-filled, so be warned,
1: question mark?
0: You should know by now.
1: God, how have you not watched it by now? It's been, what, four weeks?
0: The second volume was only two weeks away, but the first That's one came out true. at the end of May. So it's been a time. You've oh, had some yeah, time. okay.
1: It's time. It's time.
0: And also, if you've listened to literally any one of our episodes, there's spoilers for something. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> like, there's always a spoiler uh, for something in this nonsense.
1: All spoilers all the time.
0: Yeah. I don't um. Oh, okay.
1: people talk about shit without spoilers.
0: I know. I'm like, I'm actually always really amazed. Like when you see interviews with like casts of stuff or whatever, and they talk about things in a very roundabout kind of way, and and maybe you know someone has scripted it for them, and they've just sort of memorized their talking points, and that's fine. But just the fact that they can do it without getting into trouble is actually quite shocking because i'm always just like oh my god
1: the thing yeah i would be tom holland 24 7 i'd be (laughs) like can you fucking believe this happens this season you're gonna shit your pants
0: (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah that's that's more or less what i would be too Uh, i'm terrible at keeping secrets i don't know about you
1: i'm pretty I've got some secrets happening right now that I'm holding on to pretty close to the chest that I'm quite proud of
0: I'm just i i I know when to keep secrets I just sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, I just need to say this to a person so then yeah the urge to tell is gone so my mom has become my repository since <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know anybody that I've ever talking about and then it's fine
1: <laughs> uh. I mean, she does know... She came to my son's first birthday.
0: (laughs) It's true, but, like, generally speaking, she's not gonna, like, run into people out in public, you know?
1: Yes, that's
0: true. So I just don't, uh... Yeah, she's the person that I tell stuff to, and then that way I don't have the urge to ever say it out loud to another person. God. And then I'm done.
1: Secrets, secrets. Um... So I'm trying to think of a way for us to even begin this conversation and i think that uh, i think we have to begin with the true villain of the story who is the basketball captain and chrissy's boyfriend
0: um jason Jason. his name is Jason. jason of course he's a villain he sucked the word the only thing that would have been more obvious for him to have been a villain would have been if his name had been chad yeah
1: and if he was like secretly a self-hating gay. It would have been so 80s. Like, True mm-hmm. Too sure. Ugh, ugh, can we just talk about his, like, opening scene? Sure. And his <laughs> evangelizing that he does at that pep rally. I'm so sick of those fucking pep rally tropes. Those can't have possibly existed. Mm-hmm. The people it's not even during school hours
0: it's yeah, like outside it's...
1: of school hours they go to school yeah. to get pumped up for a basketball game that isn't that day mm-hmm. and he just like takes the floor with a microphone and I put in my I took notes for every single episode anticipating that we would do this and at one point He talks about the mall fire and says, did they die for us to lose to some crap school? (laughs) (laughs) The fucking audacity. I know.
0: I know. It's bad.
1: Unbelievable. And that's what, like maybe 20 minutes into season one, I was like, oh no, this isn't going good for you, Jason. I hope you fucking die. But he
0: did it.
1: Didn't he? Yes, well, he did. Right he got, away. like, ripped apart. No, I mean, like... Oh, not, not immediately, right no. I was hoping oh, like, that he would be, like, one of the first victims.
0: I was hoping he would just get hit by a bus. Like, I wasn't even hoping that his death would be related to, like, the whole thing. Just, like, somehow he's dead. <laughs> just, oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oops, Jason's dead. Now what do we do? Fucking <laughs> Steve driving that Winnebago. Just, oops. <laughs> and then in, oops. The back, in the back, Lucas is just, like, fist bumping. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, Jason sucked. But it was interesting, too. So, like, knowing that this is not the last season.
1: Mm -hmm. And I don't
0: think you knew that going into watching.
1: I did not know that. I was so confused. I thought it was the last season.
0: Okay, so I knew vaguely that it wasn't. They had another one planned um, and that it's it's hopefully, you know, 18 months away or whatever. So, knowing that, as soon as they introduced Jason, I was like, okay, so there's going to be a confrontation, clearly, with him and Lucas somehow later on. Yeah. And Jason is hopefully going to die or he's going to end up being like on the big bad side.
1: Yes. But I didn't know Very how it was going to. Very similar to Billy's character arc. Yes.
0: Yeah. And I didn't know how that was going to play out. Um, but it was just so, it was just so obvious. And this is one of the things, so I'm talking about it with um, a couple other friends who have both like finished watching, the, you know, the whole season or whatever. And, and it's still at its core... It's not a kids show, but it's still at its core, not a show that's directed at adults. Which is why, like, at the end of all of the things, with the exception of Max being in the coma, none of the main cast have died.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And I I feel like whatever's coming next season, that will more or less hold true.
1: You think it'll be happy endings?
0: Not happy endings necessarily, but I think it'll be like a satisfying conclusion where like no one's heart is getting ripped out because their favorite character was killed. Right. Because despite all of the everything else that they do, it is still very much a show that's like not necessarily specifically made for adults. And because of that, I think they take a little bit more care with like who is being killed and why
1: yeah when I was reading about this season's tone because it's it's significantly scarier than the other seasons, like the mm-hmm. when you see Chrissy get fucking got like I was in shock, my jaw dropped, and I had to like <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: walk away for a bit because it was really quite nasty, and I was reading and the Duffer Brothers were saying like we the intent with the show was to always have the gore and the violence appropriate for how old the kids are. Yes. And in terms of their character age. And I was like, whoa, that's really fucked up. So (laughs) the first three seasons really (laughs) weren't for my age whatsoever. And yet I was like, pretty dark shit happened. I wouldn't necessarily say that that show was, like in the first season, I don't know if I'd want an 11 year old watching it.
0: No, probably not.
1: That seems pretty dark.
0: But if you think about sort of what they do with the characters, right? And how, uh, like in season three, when Alexi is killed. Ugh. That's oh, awful. sweet, sweet Alex. So poor boy. He just wanted his, like, strawberry, slurpee? Whatever it was that he wanted. He I don't know. Chair. Cherry. Yeah, whatever it was that he wanted. It just and, and Hopper couldn't even... Anyway, but, like, when he was killed, that was, like, a very violent death. Yeah. But he was an adult, right? And then, yes. like, the torture stuff that we see this season dealing with Hopper and, and whatnot, that's because he's an adult. Yeah. Whereas with, like...
1: Sweet little Will was just hiding away from a scary monster.
0: Yeah, and even this season, like some of the torture stuff that happens with like Max and Eleven when they're like in the Upside Down or whatever the fuck's going on, it's it's scary, but they're not they're being like held, but they're not being like assaulted and held, right? So like I guess I, I guess it, it kind of makes sense what they're trying to do in that respect, that like it I mean it's still it is terrifying, but it is still like it's not I don't think it's excessively so
1: yeah I agree because guess what it's not cool to hurt kids
0: <laughs> no well and that's exactly it right um and I mean sure like with 11 like her powers have been established and stuff and so like when she uses them her nose bleeds and it it drains her and all of this kind of stuff
1: mm-hmm. but
0: like she doesn't she comes out of that more or less like physically unscathed yes true Right? So, like, that's part of, and I think that's part of why, I mean, I hope that I'm right, because I would be devastated if any of them died. But, like, I, I hope that, like, for next season, that they kind of keep that in mind, that they started the show out as, like, a show for kids. And that just because the characters are all older now doesn't mean that they have to, like, revert from that, necessarily.
1: Honestly, I was a bit disappointed that Max survived, and that Eleven used her powers to try to revive her rather than go after Vecna. I guess that's the difference between her and Vecna essentially being Mm -hmm. personified there. But it seemed like, this was my issue with this season, I guess we're really jumping ahead, but it seemed like it built to a lot of nothing. Because Vecna still got his four corpses he's Mm -hmm. still free i'm predicting he's corporeal in the world somewhere since the universes are melding together
0: yeah
1: And and if he's not
0: corporeal yet he will be
1: he will be right yeah and sure it brought all the characters together to one place but to what end for this season you know what i mean
0: Well, I think, I mean, like, I think they had to bring the characters back together. That was clearly it, right? And so, with, like, Joyce taking Elle and the boys to California, Mm -hmm. which, can we just talk for a second about her selling encyclopedias, like, on the phone? I think that is absolutely hilarious somehow to me. It's so perfect. It really is. It's 100%, like, the exact kind of job that, but I thought it was really funny just, like, it that they're making it right now in the midst of this pandemic bullshit that's like, hey, Joyce has a work-from-home job, and I just thought that was very funny somehow. But like so it she takes so
1: cute. I love their whole like Cali life and Argyle and his apparent lack of a family and just ability to drive across the country for 3 days work and no witnesses. <laughs> Do you Not also just... think that he's like the fucking manager there and so oh. it just disappeared and it still just runs fine without
0: him? 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um Yeah, that would be yeah, he, he was great. And I, even, like, their little... You know, the fact that, like, you know, they, they've established a bit of a life, right? Like, despite yeah. all of the things that have gone on and no one knows who they are so they can sort of, you know, be their, be their people. You know, be people themselves without having, like, this specter of all this terrible stuff hanging over them, which I th- thought was really, really great. And then to bring... But they had to, at some point in time, get back to Hawkins because that's clearly where all the shit is going to go down. And so... I thought that, like, starting them all off separately and then knowing that Hopper was alive and in Russia, it's like, okay, well, somehow they have to get them all back. And I don't know how that's going to happen, but somehow everybody needs to be back there.
1: Yeah, it just felt very... It just felt very superficial this time around. Like, and in terms of the pacing, it was... I was a little bit frustrated because in some episodes you have like a two minute scene with Mike and Will and then nothing for the Mm -hmm. rest of the episode and the episodes were so long too I just felt like considering they had another season already planned this one felt so weirdly choppy and overstuffed and I think a lot of that was because they tried to be super cinematic about it and Mm -hmm. like Case in point, when the helicopters are fucking try to shoot a child,
0: mm-hmm. they
1: took, like, eight slow motion shots of the trucks moving and the things blowing up. And I'm like, you could have done this in seven seconds instead of 32.
0: Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this
1: episode is already an hour and 15 minutes long. I don't need it any longer.
0: Well, yeah. And, but going back to the point you make about how cinematic it was, it was beautiful. Like that was the other thing that I will give them a lot of credit. The whole, the whole, the whole season was gorgeously shot. Um, and you can tell that like from season one to now, they've like very much upped their game in that department. Um, cause it looked fantastic. And one of the things that I was reading about it, because it took them so long to film, because of course COVID got in the way, um, because it wasn't supposed to be obviously this long. And they were going to shoot seasons four and five back to back and be done with it. But now clearly they haven't done that because COVID got in the way. Um, They were talking about how this, (laughs) this whole fucking season with all of the shit that went down took place over like eight days. And so they had a real challenge to like with hair and makeup and wardrobe to make sure that everything was exactly the same especially after coming back from their like COVID hiatus to like you know and I thought they did a really nice job in terms of like continuity with all of that Um, yeah
1: totally and (laughs) and it was
0: really really well done like really well produced I thought the production value this season was very high
1: yeah and I think it I think you notice it a bit more because you're in so many different locations. Like in the first season, you're so centered in Hawkins and you don't even really see the upside down for those effects to be super noticeable. Mm -hmm. But I agree that this season was really gorgeously done production wise. It just felt like a slog at points.
0: There were points where I was like, "Oh my god, why is this taking so long?" Yes, I would agree. There yeah. were there were some of the episodes where I was just like, and I do feel um, that part of this season more so than the others because everybody was sort of like split up. Because I think in season three, if I remember correctly, they were kind of split up into like two groups, but everyone was still in Hawkins. Yes,
1: and at the end there was in the, the mall last crew episode, and the yeah, mall crew.
0: yeah, and at the end of the last of the episode, everybody's back before they fight the Mind flare or whatever, everyone's back in the mall, all together, reunited, and then they do the thing, and then they get split up at the the very end. And so, like, you don't feel it quite as much. I noticed there were a couple points at which I felt like it felt like they were doing a season of The Walking Dead where they had everybody split up, and, like, here's the disparate storylines. But I did notice as we moved forward, like, to about episode six and beyond, as things were obviously, like, coming to a head... The pace I I felt was better because it's like, you know that everyone's like going to that point. So like after, um, I guess after like the end of volume one, after episode seven, by the time we hit eight, it's like very clear that everything is moving towards this point where they're going to be reunited. Everyone's going to be reunited somehow, Mm -hmm. whether it's before or after, but everyone's going to be back in the same space. And once that was very obvious then I was like, okay. Like, you can kind of... The pace, I think, picked up. But also, because this wasn't the last season, I felt like the stakes were really low for just about everybody.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, even when we're talking about the um, storyline in Russia, when it was clear with the pacing of how fast things were progressing with the Vecna crew, like, in Hawkins, I was like, like, there's no... Like, Joyce and Hopper are fucking... 12 hours away by plane. Like, there's there's literally nothing that they... Can, like, mm-hmm. they're not going to get back fast enough. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what's happening at home. Like, it just felt so disconnected from the story. And then they're like, we'll just hit the dust. We'll hit the swirling dust with fire and it'll distract them. And the kid is like, well, you, there's no way you could possibly know that. Like, there's literally... Mm-hmm. There's no way it can connect. And that's why it just felt so superficial isn't the word I'm looking for what is the word I'm looking for Megan not forced but contrived contrived yeah it was it was a little
0: bit contrived but like at the same time and I will say this at the same time I think having the adults split up from the kids was a good thing
1: Yes. Agreed. Super necessary. I think And I love that Joyce's the...
0: excuse was, like, a work conference or whatever the fuck it was. Like, it's just 100%. ridiculous. And Joyce Alaska. is
1: the worst liar of all time, and her she's kids so... are too stoned to even fucking notice. They're like, yeah, yeah. whatever. Alright. Yeah.
0: And Elle was, like, a little suspicious, but, like, what was she gonna say, right? So she's just like, okay, whatever you say, Joyce. Like, and I just yeah. thought that was really funny. But I did like that Murray and Joyce and Hopper were over there, and then, like, that, like the responsibility for saving Hawkins, again, yeah. falls on the shoulders of some, like, 14-year-olds.
1: And Steve, and, and Steve. Nancy, and, and Yeah, Steve,
0: the world's greatest babysitter.
1: But that's okay, that's okay, because this story, like, in its very bare bones, is a very long coming-of-age story, right? It really is. And that's totally fine for the kids to, to solve a problem or attempt to without the adults, my complaint is the adult storyline didn't need to be connected to theirs. Like, it could have been just about Joyce and Murray getting Hopper. You know, the mm-hmm. they fucking happen to have demigorgons and that's fine. Mm-hmm. They can be related in that way, but it doesn't have to be about in this exact moment in time we're going to predict a problem is happening with the kids too.
0: Yes, like, absolutely. Yeah, that's fair.
1: But it was really fucking cool to see Hopper wield a sword, and I'll dream about that forever.
0: (laughs) Did you know that that's the sword from, uh, I think, the Conan the Barbarian
1: movie? Yes, I did read that.
0: Like, that's crazy. And because, okay, so Riva and I watched the last two together. I gave her shit because she hadn't watched the first volume yet, and it was, like, the last week of school. And I was like, get on it! So she watched it, and then on Canada Day, I went to her house during the day, and we watched the last two and her exact comment, as that was happening, is was like, where the fuck did he get a sword? <laughs> but then somebody, I guess, in episode seven or whatever, it was, like, in a cabinet. So, like, it was, there was a, there was no continuity error. Somebody was in there. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, great.
1: that's, yeah. For the Duffer bro- brothers, like, <laughs> there's so many in-references, mm-hmm. even in season four to, like, stuff in previous seasons that, like, That stuff doesn't bother me, because if you watch it again a second time, I'm sure you're going to notice all those things. Yeah, but it was just one
0: of those things. The sword felt really out of place, because, like, I do remember when Joyce was up in, like, the surveillance room, Mm -hmm. and she saw all the, like, the prods and stuff, right? So, like, and then when she showed up and saved him, that was like, yeah, cool, of course, because she looked at them, and they made a very, like, pointed effort to show us that those were there, and Joyce knew they were there.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But But also, like,
1: it could have fucking come from the church warehouse Mm -hmm. full of peanut butter
0: and jeans like who knows
1: (laughs) who knows and oversized hulk
0: hogan t-shirts exactly (laughs) um but yeah so it was nice that the 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 adults were separate and not just like the kids were like doing like sneaky sneaks around town but like the adults are literally like not there in any way shape or form um because like well and so the thing that I find really fascinating about the way that these kids are all portrayed, and I like I mean Steve is still a child, so we'll call and, and Jonathan, like, they're still kids. Um where are their adults? <laughs> Like, that's really what I want to know. Like, we know where Joyce is, and she's, like, a fairly involved yeah. mom. She's a little bit paranoid. But, like, where the fuck is Max's mom? Where Where are Erica and They're, Lucas's parents? See,
1: that's the Where's thing. Where is Dustin's
0: mom? The Wheelers are the only parents we ever actually see who, like, have any kind of inkling that the kids are, like, up to weird shit. And they just, like, like, Ted doesn't pay attention to anything.
1: No, Ted, Karen... what does he need those glasses for?
0: He doesn't fucking see. <laughs> and Karen is like, oh, my kids are probably up to no good. Oh, well. Like, it's very bizarre. Where are their... Does well, Steve Karen's have parents? Karen's stuck with
1: Holly, her oops baby. So <laughs> I, I know, but she's like... got her <laughs> But does Steve have parents? Yeah, he does. But does remember, he? this is like, this is the age of the beginning of the latchkey kid. These kids have That's been true. running free their whole lives because a lot of both parents are working. I don't know what fucking Wills' mom does, but she or not Wills. Um Mike's mom does other than have her fucking hair in a perfect
0: perm 24/7. Yeah. But like
1: yeah, I think all the adults
0: But it's just, it's just really interesting because also like Dustin's mom is so, in the first couple seasons, like she so wants to be involved in his life and she's just absent. Totally.
1: Well, she's also a single mom, right? Yeah. She's working.
0: But it's just, it's just so funny. It's like, where are your adults? Like I don't, and it's funny too, like all of their plans are so convoluted and insane that like my favorite part about the whole thing is that Steve is like, hold up. Wait a minute. Let's think this one through just one more time. I don't think this is a great idea. And I do appreciate that he is, like, their voice of reason because they clearly need one.
1: Yes. And it's so funny how, uh, like, I was really hoping that Nancy would dump Jonathan because Jonathan is so (laughs) struggling right now and needs to stop smoking weed and fucking figure his shit out. But... Like, she's got ambition, and she's mm-hmm. got dreams, and, you know, she's living in a material world. She's a material girl. She's going to go out there, and she's going to get it. And Steve is just like, one day, I want to be a stay-at-home dad. I
0: know. Oh, my God, I know. And, like, that little bit. I'm like, bit, Steve, you are. Yeah, That little bit, though, where he's talking about his dreams for, like, his six kids. He's, I like, know. Winnebago, and I was like, you mean right now?
1: You mean like- you're living it? Constant babysitter.
0: <laughs> I wrote
1: down a quote of his that was so fucking funny because I was just like, wow, Steve, great parenting moment from you. He said, Henderson, a little humility now and then wouldn't hurt (laughs) you.
0: Oh, it just killed me. If we want to talk, though, about like character arcs, his is the best one by far.
1: Oh, total like in terms of all four seasons? Yes,
0: like he's yes. he he has redeemed himself from the sh- I mean, he started that path in season 1, but like where yes. he was like cleaning up at the movie theater or whatever. But like he has redeemed himself immensely and like yes. he is now solely responsible for the well-being of these children.
1: Yes, and it's something that he both hates and also holds so dear to the core of his person and identity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's just
1: like, you're not going to swim down there. I'm going to fucking swim down there into this big, weird vagina hole through <laughs> another dimension. Like, yes. nobody's going to do it except for me. Everybody stay in the fucking boat.
0: And then, like, and then, you know, at the very end of 9, when, like, he's watching Robin awkwardly flirt with uh, Anne Shirley, whose name I don't remember in the show, because she was yeah. the girl that played Anne and Anne with an E. And just that look oh, on his face, when he's just, he's That's like, oh, my little kid is growing up. Like, it's I know, just, they're he's just... so proud. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, it's good. It's it's really, really interesting how that character has, like, my opinion has changed significantly. And usually that doesn't happen over the course. Like, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. But I'm, I'm impressed at what they've done with that character because he's fascinating to me.
1: He is. And I really liked, like, obviously so happy that Robin is still in the show because she's such a wonderful balance for the rest of the characters, especially to have another female that's not just an older female like Nancy just to like you know shoulder maternal responsibility uh-huh. and i really noticed that when after they go visit victor creel and i fucking loved their like <laughs> nancy looks her up and downs <laughs> like I got an outfit for you and Robin <laughs> is wearing the most disgusting clothes I've ever seen. And I was it's like, amazing. there's no fucking way that Nancy, A, wears a bra and B, it's going to
0: fit Robin. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Agreed.
1: But I loved after that how like Dustin and Steve and Lucas were all like, ah, ah, and Nancy and Robin were just like calmly speaking to each other and discussing their theories and mm-hmm. just like had this mm-hmm. very calming presence that like kept everybody stable together whereas Mm -hmm. robin and steve alone just like
0: spiral (laughs) yeah yeah they really do they do and like yeah i enjoyed that nancy and robin dynamic because it strikes me that they would not be friends absolutely not like there's no way that they would be friends in the real world and they've been thrown together ultimately because of this and they somehow get along really really well Which is great, because it does bring, like, an interesting balance to, like, the three sort of older kids.
1: Yeah, I think it really shows Nancy's maturity, too, because she doesn't let Robin's kind of outsider-ness affect, like, getting along with her. Like, she's a bit standoffish with her at the start, and then Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, actually, you're smart, and you've got good ideas, and Mm -hmm. Steve trusts you and likes you, so that mm-hmm. goes a long way
0: can we talk for a second about how steve has known about robin's sexuality and, and doesn't has n- does it, doesn't do not really doesn't care doesn't joke about it and like hasn't said anything that anyone else would listen to and be like hey what what the, yeah. like he has held that secret like as tight as you could possibly hold it
1: and yeah, that shows again right.
0: the growth in him right that like That this is why... And that's part of, I think, why Nancy is like, yes, Robin is okay. Because there's clearly a bond between Robin and Steve that she doesn't understand. But she also doesn't need to understand. She just trusts what it is.
1: Yeah. And I think that that goes back to, like, all the other shit that they've been through through these past three seasons. Like, when you fight an otherworldly demon a few times... I don't think someone's sexuality is going to bother you. (laughs) You
0: Likely not. Likely not. You know
1: what I mean? Oh, also I found in my other notes that I
0: called Jason (laughs) stupid Ben Shapiro Jr. ass (laughs) over here. Okay, so I feel like when you were watching it, I may have texted you, that, or maybe it was Sariva, I can't remember. That he was definitely going to become a Republican senator someday, and he was going to be paying for his mistress's abortions in secret. Yes,
1: 100%. Like, that was 100%. 100% the
0: kind of person that he would become. And he sucked. And it was obvious from, like, minute one. Like, it was, it was very, and again, I think this speaks to, like, the notion of this isn't really, like, an adult show where it's like, mm, who's gonna be, who are we supposed to hate this time? It's like, oh, this yeah. is the guy we have to hate. He's awful.
1: It and I do so... kind of appreciate
0: the the Spike Lee sort of feeling of that. Just like, hey, this yes. guy, he sucks.
1: Yeah. Yes, no subtext. All None.
0: Text.
1: Also, oh, God, we've really got to talk about other things. We've been talking for 30 minutes, and it's mostly about Steve. Um, uh, I mean, we can talk about Max just staring through the
0: binoculars. At Steve. Okay, <laughs> that should be our last <laughs> talk about Steve. That, I just about died when that happened because for two reasons one like the thing with the kids being kids as they are like they're wrapped up in all of this like dangerous shit and this season even though like it was spring break but they did not have a lot of time to like be kids at all yes. in this season like there was a basketball game and whatever and obviously Lucas and Max Max had like their thing and they broke up or whatever and you know, and there was, like, maybe 15 minutes of normalcy before, like, things went to shit again. And so that scene, I thought, was so funny for two reasons. One, because Lucas knows that Max is a girl, I think, right? Like, they dated. <laughs> I feel like he knows she's a girl. <laughs> Dustin clearly had not, like, connected those two things. Yeah. Like, not even a little bit. And so when she pulls those binoculars away and is just staring. And the look on Dustin's face is like, what the fuck are you looking at? Well, Dustin's a kept man, so... (laughs) It's true, but it's just really (laughs) funny, because, like, he has never once, it has never once crossed his mind that Max is a girl, I don't think, and so, like, for him, it's like, what are you staring at? Why is this such a big deal? And then all of a sudden, it's like, and then it made me laugh. I thought it was very funny.
1: Absolutely. It was a nice, (laughs) a nice normalization of the
0: characters. Yeah, yeah, and they, that was like one of the few times I think this season where things felt like they were just teenagers for a little mi- for a minute there and not like tasked with the weight of the world.
1: Yeah. And and for a very heavy season, those little lighter moments were so so refreshing, like everything that fucking Murray did with his jujitsu <laughs> That actually turned out to be useful. I was like, "There's no fucking way he's gonna talk shit about this jujitsu, and then he's gonna like punch himself in the face and knock himself out or something." And then he fucking kicked ass multiple times. He did, and even fucking at the end Russian
0: there, soldiers got their even asses the there, beat. And they're in the prison when he's got the flamethrower. Like, there's nobody else who could have had that flamethrower. Like, it had to be Murray. It
1: was insane. Yeah, it was great, and couldn't believe it couldn't believe it that that actually fucking came around um hmm there was another thing i wanted to talk about oh yes brenner yeah brenner 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 the dumbest stupidest man that ever manned the amount of times this season he said what have you done And I screamed back at the television. Exactly (laughs) what you fucking trained her to do, you dumbass scientist. You're making psychic soldiers. And you're fucking surprised when they do crazy ass shit to each other and themselves. Or you. Are you kidding me? Yep. Like, I, I, I couldn't believe it over and over and over again. He kept having these non-moments of realization that maybe he was doing some fucking stupid-ass shit. Oh, he'd drive me insane. And and what? The the audacity. The audacity to train a fucking super soldier and then be like, "Mm, Actually, you worked, so I'm just gonna put an inhibitor chip in you, and you're just gonna be a fucking slave for me now. Like, Mm -hmm. who is funding this program? Where is the oversight of this program?
0: The Russians. Clearly. No. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Like, the whole weird backstory of the whole program is very bizarre. I would agree. Um, but Brenner, like, at his core, right, this is the thing. Brenner believes wholeheartedly that he's in the Right. Like, there is nothing that you could tell him that would convince him otherwise. Until the very end when he's like, oh, maybe I fucked up a little bit. But, like, generally speaking, he thinks he's doing the absolute right thing all the time. And it is infuriating to watch the results of that.
1: Well, yeah. Then why isn't he, like, happy with the results? (laughs) Like, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's constantly upset and disappointed when the kids do fucking crazy ass shit also super bizarre how these kids are raised in this, like, identity-free environment, and yet bullies exist. Oh, good point. Like, what is... what is that about?
0: Maybe that just means in the natural order of things, there would always be bullies. Maybe that's the suggestion, is that we can't get away from it, no matter how hard we try. I mean, you learn from Papa. At the end of it, although, when he, like, unlocks the collar on L, oh, I'm so mad. Like, oh, not that he did it, but I was just, like, that attempt at, like, oh, please forgive me. Fuck you, man. Fuck you. No, you
1: deserve zero forgiveness. Like, that last episode made me so mad because all he was trying to do was just save his own ass. hmm And it was so upsetting to have this dynamic between him and Dr. Owens, who I think we remember from season two, like, he truly cared about... Elle and Will's well-being and like wanted to make sure and Mm -hmm. understand what was going on with them and for Mm -hmm. him to try to protect her here now and yet Brenner be like you don't know you weren't there from the beginning blah 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 it worked now it's gonna work again as he's doing the most like psychotic psychological torture to this young girl in a sensory Mm -hmm. deprivation tank
0: yeah so fucked up it's very fucked up. And, like, yeah, like, and the thing with Owens, too, that I, I mean, we didn't see a dead body, so I assume he's not dead. Um, I feel very much, like, again, this is very Walking Dead-esque. Like, if you see the dead body, then yes. then they're dead. But Which is why, like, at the end of um, season three, when we didn't see Hopper's body.
1: Yeah, you are like, no, like,
0: he's fine. Hey, he was probably not, well, I don't know, fine is the word I would use, but he's not dead. Um, yeah. So I think Owens will probably come back, and I feel like Owens will be, like, the key to sort of solving this problem in yes. in so many ways cuz he has like just has that like institutional knowledge that will help. Um but like these 17-year-old kids aren't going to have ultimately. <laughs> which is like really the problem. But like I yeah, I think and he felt bad in this one where he had to bring Brenner back into it. Like you could tell. He like he felt bad that he had to bring Brenner back into
1: Well, I think he felt bad for L. Yes. Like I think he knew that this wasn't going to end well and he clearly saw that this was a situation in which he had no choice because Mm -hmm. whoever that general is is really holding some shit over him but also i think owens is one of those guys where he's like if i can be there i can try to make this as painless as possible
0: yeah
1: and try to control it but yeah just like never thought i would say this paul Reiser's a great actor
0: (laughs) he really is no he he absolutely is and like he's because i I believe in the compassion that he displays yes like i feel that it's genuine yeah whereas i don't think it's always the case with other people even other characters in that show i don't necessarily feel that it's always genuine but with him i definitely feel like that Well, is. I
1: didn't believe it from Brenner at all. I thought no. Brenner was always trying to, like, I don't think he really cared about Eleven. It was about the bigger project, you know, yeah. like it was about uh, one, and it was about that whole situation, but I think it was interesting too, how when Elle finally met one slash Vecta like in the present she tries to like <sighs> she tries to give him the opportunity to be redeemed by saying like Papa is dead he can't hurt us anymore
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know in ter- <sighs> to I don't know allow Henry to be like oh finally the person who tortured me is not around anymore I don't need to hurt people anymore but it's like that dude already knew Brenner was a monster. Like, he, he's not going to blame him. And this is what makes me really sad about this whole situation for Elle. is because Brenner was so deep in this season. She doesn't have the opportunity to understand that there is no redeeming for everyone.
0: Yes. Like and she, she also doesn't have her people around who can explain that to her.
1: Yes. And there's even that moment at the end where, you know, Brenner does her caller. And I think that's her being like a little bit of, okay, he did a right thing. That's okay. Like people who do good things are good people. Sort of. Like she's got a very problematic relationship with him, clearly. Mm-hmm. But I don't think she understands the capacity that there is no redeeming. For one whatsoever. Like, she should not hesitate around him. And yet she does. And yet Max gets hurt. And, like, all of these things happen because she's so infantilized by Brenner. And it's Mm -hmm. fucking annoying.
0: It is. Well, and the other thing, too, that, like, I think we have to sort of remember, and it's tough because, like, these kids are aging the way, like, in real life, right? And, I mean, obviously they filmed this a couple years ago, but still. Like, they're supposed to be, like, 14, and, I think fourteen-year-olds know that some people are bad. Yeah, yeah, no, but no, but what I'm saying is like, like when you look at them, right? Like they're supposed to be like fourteen, but they're very clearly not anymore, right? Yes. And So like, there is that that bit of a disconnect, I think, in like their appearance as char- like as people and their age as characters. And then L is fourteen in age, but like
1: ten mentally, maybe? not yeah,
0: yeah. Like she's just not there, like relationally and emotionally, just yet. Like she's getting better, obviously. Um. Which, like, when she has that, her, like, her fight that she has with Mike about how he doesn't say that he loves her Mm -hmm. is a really interesting thing. Because in her, like you're saying, like, she's got this kind of very black and white relationship with, like, sort of, you know, emotions, right? And so for her, like, you either love somebody or you don't. There is no middle ground. Mm -hmm. And so she gets really upset by it, where, like, a 14-year-old who'd been, like, out in the world normally for her entire life probably wouldn't be. This is what
1: frustrates me about Brenner's whole fucking program is because, again, what did he expect to happen? He has these children performing essentially telekinesis <laughs> and treats them like very young babies. Didn't like him walking down hallways holding young boys' hands at all.
0: No, that was very uncomfortable. I agree.
1: And some of them are like, quite a bit older, like the ones that bully her look to be like 15, 16, higher teens ages. And yet he treats them like they're infants and yet wants them to be fucking mind-fighting super soldiers. Like, what? Like, listen to Papa go kill this man, here, have a sucker? Like, what Mm -hmm. the fuck does he imagine is going to happen?
0: Mm-hmm. It's a fair God! I'm glad that he's dead, question mark. I'm assuming he's dead. I don't think he...
1: I mean, I thought he fucking died when he got blasted into... I thought so, too. ...Smithereens in season one, but whatever yeah, the that's fuck. that's true.
0: That's true. Uh, I think he's dead, though. Let's, let's hope that he is. Because he doesn't... He he His, like, utility to the story is outlived now. Like, we don't need him anymore. Because it's not about the program. It's not about any of that anymore. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, a, it's I hope a sh- not. well, it shouldn't be, right? It's a showdown between Eleven and Vecna, and like Eleven and all of the people who love her, right? And, mm-hmm. um, Kate, can we talk about Will and Mike for a second? Oh God, here we go. So, sure. Will? Well, is a- okay. Oh, Kate, go. No, but okay. Here's what I want to <laughs> say. This is what I want to say about this, and this is why, unfortunately, because the kids are older than their characters, why this is complicated. Okay. I This yes. is th- th- this is part of it, right? Because as you look at them, like, you know that Finn Wolfhard is not 14 years old, right? You can tell, like, you, yeah. and you can hear, like, and so that, I found that really, really problematic. I feel bad for Will, um, because very clearly over the course of these, you know, these seasons since he was taken, right? Like, his life yes. has been pretty shitty, and I feel really bad for him. And he had this, like, best friend, and then now his best friend is in love with Will's, like, not-quite-sister. And, you know, and that's got to be Who's literally a superhero. Who's literally a superhero, yeah. And 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 he could
1: never, ever, ever measure up. He's just the boy that got hurt that one time and went missing. Yeah,
0: Yeah, he was the boy who was taken, right? Like, yeah, the boy who couldn't protect himself, whereas, like, Elle can fucking protect her. You know what I mean? Like, there's a whole bunch of things going on there. And that scene in the van where Will shows him that painting (laughs) and stuff... I was just like, like, I get it and I understand where they were going with that. But I was like, this feels, if we want to talk contrived, this feels yes. contrived. Like, Thank I get you. that conversation needed to happen. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think that right there was the time.
1: And for Cause their Mike- conversation
0: that they had in the cabin was way more meaningful
1: way more meaningful way more relevant for those things to happen or even yes. if that like heart conversation is had when they're preparing the sensory table for her mm-hmm. like put it there put it there when they can have a moment alone not in a fucking pizza delivery van where mm-hmm. will then has to cry and yet no one notices through Jonathan all their fucking noticed. hair curtains, Jonathan I know Jonathan noticed, but, but Jonathan yeah, I know. did not do anything.
0: <laughs> I know it's true. I mean, that's I think why they had that conversation in the pizza place later on. But yes, you're right. Jonathan didn't do anything. Agreed. Um, but I just, yeah, I felt, I felt like, I get where they're going, and there's been speculation, you know, since like the beginning that Will is gay. Like that's been a thing, because obviously. Like, because he's resistant to, like, the idea of a girlfriend and, like, at the beginning of, and in, season, in episode one, that girl's, like, trying to play footsies with him in class, which, like, first of all, why? But second of all, he's like, ugh, what are you doing? Get away he's from me. He's
1: visibly disgusted, and yeah. I <laughs> clapped. I
0: clapped and it's clapped. Good. And, I, and I, I hope that that's the case. That's great, you know? But at the same time, I felt like that particular conversation, I felt like the one that they had in the cabin was so much more meaningful. Yes. Um, where that was, like, but I, I guess maybe... In order to have that meaningful conversation, they had to have that other weird, awkward conversation before. Because I don't think Mike is as dumb as other people. Like, I don't think he's he's t- t- too stupid. Like, I think he maybe read between the lines a little bit on that. Because that conversation they had in the cabin was very much directed by Mike. About life. Yes, like,
1: but also, how does he not notice his best friend for ten years is sobbing right next know, to him? I know, I know. Unless he, Mike is just so, I fucking hate Mike. Mike is such a bad character. You drive me insane. <laughs> oh, he's so, he's such a typical, like nineteen eighties dude. Not like a dude, bro, but like just a kid who's only thinks about himself and is like obsessed with how people like perceive him and how he perceives himself and he's got this stupid fucking half mullet that's supposed to be like Eddie's and it looks like fucking garbage like he's just got mm-hmm. he's so insecure that's the problem is he's mm-hmm. so insecure and it's so outwardly negative it drives me up the wall
0: well and the problem with Mike too is that like go to your fucking friend's basketball game are you well, kidding me? Yes, of course there is that, but the, but the other the other issue there is like he still he's he reminds me of the year that I taught junior high, where junior high boys are at like nineteen different levels of maturity in the three years, whereas girls are like a yeah. little bit further along. So he's one of those kids who's like if we were looking at them now, he's like just stopped wearing sweatpants to school, yeah, but hasn't quite figured out like what the next step is like do you know what I mean like he's in that weird sort of liminal space yeah and he's got you know he's got his friends and whatever and he's got this girlfriend in California but like his best friend is now living in California as well and you know there's all this kind of stuff and he's obviously feeling some pressure because I mean I don't think Mike is like an insensitive person
1: He asked Lucas to reschedule the basketball No,
0: no, I understand that. I understand. But I don't think (laughs) he's an insensitive person, like, when it comes to things that, like, you know, especially, like, dealing with Elle or whatever. I don't think he's insensitive. And I think he's also probably quite mindful of the fact that, like, not only has her life been uprooted twice now in the last, like, two and a half years, but she's living in California and her father figure is dead.
1: Yes, I agree. Right? And so I
0: feel like he's trying to, like, not upset things there as much as possible. And I think that that just, it plays out poorly for him because he doesn't know how to, like, navigate all of this other stuff.
1: Yeah, it's very, very frustrating. frustrating to see him channel, like, all that sensitivity into a romantic relationship and yet have no sensitivity and compassion for people he's known since he was five.
0: Mm-hmm. You know Although, I mean? like, like, he's a teenage boy, like, I do get that, though, right? Like, because that's, yeah. I mean, I do understand where that mindset comes from. And so it makes sense. And so as, as infuriating as a character he is, I think he's actually quite realistic. Oh, And totally. that's why he's so infuriating, because he's, like, a typical, like, middle school boy or, like, ninth grade boy.
1: <sighs> he drives me fucking insane. Dustin, though, this season, top notch.
0: A <laughs> plus. And I think it's because he spends all of his time with uh, Steve now, I think, like, honestly. Yeah. It's because he has, like, an older influence. Totally.
1: It, well, I mean, when you see them doing his hair,
0: that's... Pretty, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Pretty adorable. Just fantastic. Um, yeah, so, no, the, the the Mike and Will thing, and I read an article just today or yesterday or whatever that uh, the kid that plays Will has confirmed that, like, yes, Will is gay. And this is a thing that hopefully they'll be able to explore a little bit. Yes, but that's like part of, and I hope they do. And there's some theories about like how he's going to become like he's going to be like occupied by Vecna. Because
1: yeah, that's I have some questions from Larissa. and One of hers was, "Do you think that Will is going to turn into essentially a mind controlled vessel?" From I think that's a possibility in the exists. final season.
0: Yeah. And then it'll be like a nice full circle thing, like to save Will Byers, right? Like, I feel like if you're, and again, keeping in mind that this is not an adult show, that would be a really nice, like, circular story. Yeah. To save him from the big bad that potentially was the one, the thing that took him in the first place.
1: Yeah, I agree. And especially because it would be a great full circle because in the first season, like, Elle does it because it's a good thing to do. Whereas, mm-hmm. in this season, it's like, or in potential future seasons, it's because, like, essentially, that's her brother, and she loves him very dearly.
0: Yes, it's also a good thing to do, but but yes. the, that's been superseded There's a true by this connection like connection there. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So I, I was reading some stuff, and I thought there were some interesting things. Uh, okay, <laughs> we're avoiding the thing I want to talk about most, I guess, for now. But I want to talk about Eddie Munson for a second. All right, I. I don't love Eddie. I don't either. I don't oh my god, thank god. People... I didn't want to say it because I didn't want you to be like, what? I wasn't sure. So okay.
1: I... I'm going to read you the first note that I took okay. when he showed up. Okay, because... perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I did not god, love him either. This is why we are friends. I love this so much. Okay, where
1: was it? Um, who... Why are these 40-year-old men playing D&D with children?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He looked real old. <laughs>
1: They look so old and his vibe, again, so contrived, standing on tables, being like, mm-hmm. I'm a loser, blah, 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 blah. He it made me think that so he was... He so performative.
0: You know, in the olden days when people used to be able to go back to high school and just keep playing football? Yes. Until they were like 21. That's kind of what I thought about him. I was like, is Eddie like 973 years old like is that why he's still here because he looked so much older
1: oh he looked like he'd done grade 13 about 16 times
0: <laughs> and so like he was and I get it and I understand and I appreciated the sacrifice and all of the things that go with it yes fine his story
1: arc made sense logical however yes he
0: fucking sucked he really did like he really really did um, I was not a huge fan, like, and I get why people identify with the character too. This is not me being like, I don't understand. I get why like he's sort of become a fan favorite. Yeah. I just not this fan, like, it just no. I was not jazzed about him like really at all. And I knew when him and Dustin paired off together in the Upside Down, I was like, well, clearly Eddie's going to die because Dustin can't yeah. die. So I was like, yeah. Eddie's going to sacrifice himself, and that's great. Because it turns that whole story. The way that it's supposed to go. And that's fabulous. Yes. But I didn't like his character.
1: No, I didn't either. I felt like they were... He felt super contrived to be an outsider. When literally every single character in the show is an outsider in some way. Like... His just seemed so gross. There was just something gross about it. I don't know. Like when he picked up that guitar... I was like, this is for you, Chrissy. I was like, there's no way this kid who plays D&D and sells drugs and lives in this weird trailer park. There's no way this guy, like, kicks ass at guitar. He probably can't play it at all. Like, it just felt Mm -hmm. there was so many things about him that were just, like... No one person does this and this and this and this and this and this and yet plays guitar like a fucking professional. Even though this song that they play came out two weeks ago, mm-hmm. according to the logic of the show, like it just—it oh, just really frustrated me, and I—I I didn't get why Dustin and Mike were so fucking in love with him.
0: Because I think, well, I get it because of the the fact how much they love playing D&D. That's definitely part of it. And the fact that, like, Eddie was able to do that and also not care what people think
1: true but I th- and I think
0: like think of where they are in their lives right and where this like 25 year old man is in his life like he was very much able to just be like oh, I'm gonna do this fucking thing now, like whatever I just I'll, like there's there's elements of that like coolness even though he is an outsider that I can see why that would be attractive to those kids
1: but you've already got Steve as a role model yeah for those things like sure Steve was popular and apparently an athlete and yada 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 but like he lives he works in a fucking video store now like he worked at the ice cream shop before Mm -hmm. and yet he seems like pretty fucking happy and chill and like there for them and yet yeah i just didn't understand it it Mm -hmm. was really bizarre how they were like Mm -hmm. willing to put lucas on such a back burner Mm -hmm. for this devotion to What's his nuts? It really, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It just didn't feel. It didn't feel good to me.
0: I agree. No, it was. Yeah, I I was not a huge fan of him. and it was just really funny because like I see all the stuff online and like on Instagram and wherever, and she's like Eddie, 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 and I was like, I mean, he's fine. Joseph Quinn seems like a lovely person. He seemed to be really happy to have been in the show. Like, good for him. But I was just like, no, yeah, I don't. I'm not feeling this. I don't quite. Uh... I think
1: he did a great job as the character. Like, it oh, was he did
0: extremely well acted,
1: and like, there's nothing on him. I just don't think it. I don't know. It didn't connect with me like all the other characters did. Like, even when Billy died, I cried. And he mm-hmm. was a fucking monster.
0: He was. and but, but he had an actual connection. Like, and this is the thing. Billy had a connection to at least one of the characters that, like, we knew. Or whatever. And, like, Max was devastated by it.
1: Well, Dustin was devastated by Eddie's whole shit. Yeah.
0: I, it just yeah, felt but Yeah, like... but it didn't feel the same for whatever no, reason. It not. just didn't feel the same. Yeah, I agree. It did not. I, I agree.
1: You know um, who looked fucking great this season, though.
0: Hmm. Lucas. He really did. They they His worked well with hair that. Yeah. Was
1: fantastic. His clothes were fantastic. I thought Lucas's whole shit. It was not even like top ten on the amount of things that happened this season, and yet he felt so real to me like I could see him I could feel him I could understand every little thing that was going on with him it felt so legit I loved loved Lucas mm-hmm. this season and Erica always oh come on rolling that fucking crit d20 walking <laughs> in with an American flag as a cape
0: <laughs> she is legitimately the best
1: The Sinclair family just, like, coming in in the clutch Mm -hmm. again and again. They're just so underrated. God. And she... When they're doing their fucking secret plan, and she's working the light bright, and then she's also got a knife for slashing tires. I was like, she's my favorite person of all time. Yeah,
0: she is yeah she's great and and yeah like I love my thing about her like she's interesting because like she makes me feel like if this stuff was set 15 years later that she would turn into the like head cheerleader of the clovers and bring it on like she'd be like Gabriel Union like that's her character right just like that's who she would be so cool so clutch just like Head and, to toe. And fucking better than everybody. Better than
1: everybody at everything. <laughs> yes. so God, like, I so love
0: her. And her one-liners, like, her comedic timing is phenomenal. Like, Especially it's when so good. Especially
1: when fucking Jason is spouting this shit about this <laughs> demon cult. And she's like, they're fucking nerds. They're <laughs> the nerdiest fucking nerds. What are you even taught? And she just sells them out so fast. She's like, they're yeah. playing a game. They're nerds. <laughs>
0: yeah she's good and i hope that like unpopular maybe an unpopular opinion on this podcast i hope that if one of them dies it's her but she'll be doing the most badass fucking shit when she gets killed that it'll be worth it like do you know what i mean like she'll she'll be like all right i'm gonna solve this problem myself because the rest of you can't figure it out and she'll just like
1: yeah noble, sacrifice. yeah noble absolutely. sacrifice yeah absolutely big time
0: and it'll be God, very very she's satisfying she's a great character and I'm really glad they introduced her like honestly
1: oh so good and I was reading a thing in one of I think it was like here's what happened in season three to prep you for season four type of stuff and do you remember how like Robin and Steve got her to help them by promising her ice cream for life, and then the fucking mall burns down. (laughs) 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 I was like, "Oh man, Erica's really missing out on some cosmic justice. Like, she's got some good stuff coming her way because she did a lot for them and did not." Well, now they could be like, "Yeah,
0: free movies for life," but I bet you the movie store's gone too. So,
1: I mean. I mean, oh, if Steve and Robin are running it, it's going to burn down any fucking second.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. No, Erica's great. She's a she's a good character. And it's one of those things, too, with these like big ensemble shows, when they start to add more people, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, this is feel, starting to feel a little bit. But they've done a nice job, I think, overall, of keeping the core basically the same size. They added yeah. Robin, and they added Erica, but they haven't added a bunch of other. And so, we've got all these like fringe characters that we know a little bit about, but generally speaking they haven't like bloated it so now all of a sudden we need like 19 different storylines to like keep everything straight yeah and i do appreciate that
1: i do too and it's nice that with the little additions that they do have they always serve a very like story purpose aka murray
0: but (laughs) oh murray's great
1: and like erica she's in a lot of ways just a straight up problem solver for them but There's also a lot of character moments that they bring to it, too. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. Erica's the most fucking well-written character in this goddamn show. Mm -hmm. God, she's great.
0: Well, and I like how Robin's introduction into this was very, very coincidental. Just, like, she Mm -hmm. works with Steve, and now all of a sudden they're, like, trying to fight the Russians, and then she's, like, throwing Molotov cocktails at a weird upside-down creature. Like, I do enjoy that progression, Um, but they didn't just bring her in for her to work with Steve for like a shift. And then like, that was the end of her, which was nice. And that all we discover something
1: about her. We discover something about Steve and the process. Like they're, they add something really tangible to the unit and the characters, which is so nice. But do you think like, (laughs) do you think Hopper's going to come back and be like, so you guys are all just like. A group now,
0: <laughs> like, probably.
1: Me- I- yes, remember Steve, the thing.
0: These are all your kids. <laughs> like, what? Remember the thing that I sent you—that someone I posted on, like Twitter or Tumblr or somewhere—that where they're like, imagine Hopper's dismay when he comes back to find out that two of his kids are in love with Mike Wheeler. <laughs> Oh, oh boy. my god! So true. Um, yeah, um. probably. I think. I think this is my, my prediction. I don't know if, if the end of this year, series, if they give us like a you know a year down the road kind of deal, like after things have wrapped up, I could yeah. see Steve like being a cop. What? I could like after he's gone through all of this and like kind of you know what I mean, like that he like feels like there's a way that he could you know protect and also get paid to do so. <laughs> Like, I feel like, you know, I could see him, like, doing that, but only if Hopper was, like, still the chief place. I don't imagine him would be able to do that otherwise. Yeah, but
1: how are they going to explain
0: that, Megan? That's oh. a problem for the story writers that is not my problem. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess, <laughs> well, we should talk about that, um, that Hopper's not dead. And his whole, like, arc in Russia, I quite enjoyed all of that, actually. I thought it was some, int- like, he was very clearly setting up, like, a big confrontation and a reunion and whatever but it was kind of nice because we got to see a piece of him in that one episode like five or whatever that was really really introspective in a way that like when he's around all of those other people we would not really get
1: yeah it was really raw and a lot of the time he doesn't he keeps it all inside right like yeah, you know, as chief of police, he can't be fucking crying because your daughter died of cancer. But-
0: no, but the and the only person he ever really like emotes with like in a negative kind of way where he's not just like trying to brush everything off is Joyce. Yeah. And he directs that as anger all the time. Yes. Or frustration or whatever. And it's like very clear that it's not or
1: fear. Yeah. It's
0: it's not the kind that's like that she's going to be afraid of or that, you know, that he's going to like it's going to turn bad. It's not that kind of anger or frustration, but like, he obviously feels safe enough with her that he can. Yes. Totally. And so like, there's that bit in season three where, when she doesn't show up for their date at Enzo's. Right. And like, he's so angry with her because <sighs> she, she goes to Scott Clark's house cause the magnets fell off the fridge. And he's like, Scott, who's Scott? He's so jealous. And it's so funny, but he gets upset with her and he like hits it right on the head. He's just like, you're afraid. Yeah, I'm not afraid of this, but you're afraid of this right now. And I read in an interview kind of between the two seasons, it was, I don't know, probably a year and a half ago now because it's been so long, where David Harbert was talking about that and uh, someone had asked him whatever about like Joyce and Hopper getting together. He's like, the way we left them, they couldn't be together. Like maybe the very- four? No, in season three. The way that they, the way that, except for like that very, very end where like she was like, yes, Enzo's blah, blah, blah. But like up until that point, the people that they were, he's like, they couldn't be together. No. They had to, they had to do some, some growing before they could get to that point. And then there was that shift and whatever. And I'm sure I feel like things will be fine, but like, it was just interesting because it's right. And like, so having him have that episode where he's like. So introspective and raw about all of these things and, like, how how he feels about himself. Which, like, shows you oh. that all of his, like, womanizing and drinking and whatever in the first season, for sure, was mm-hmm. very much just a front to, like, hide all of this pain.
1: Yes. So self-destructive, right? Like, mm-hmm. incredibly difficult. But I find that so... Like... So, in order for these two schlubs to get together he's got to fucking go to the gulag and yeah. joyce has to have a steady job for six months <laughs> like, and not have her kids get into fucking trouble for six
0: months straight basically
1: then, yeah. then everything will be fine
0: <laughs> yeah basically
1: oh god they're just oh,
0: but and it took but, honestly, but it took him it took him all of that time. this is the thing. It took him all of that yes. time to reach out to her, right like yeah. to send that message and take this chance and so like he obviously had some things that he needed to deal with um uh, before he felt like he could, and then he felt bad about it anyway.
1: Yes, a hundred percent, but there's there's something there's something really I think frustrating about that because he's so self-sacrificing you know what I mean like mm-hmm. whereas last season he should have known that there are people who care and need for him for him to not always be so self-sacrificing mm-hmm. and like obviously the like putting himself in danger's way is a lot of that pain that he's going through to you know feel like Mm -hmm. he's not the curse and all those risky life choices yada 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 but in season three there was enough there like he became Elle's dad Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and not uh, just like the the person taking care of her but like that was straight up her dad yeah yeah and and I think like I mean I think he looks and this is the thing because whether or not like it's very clear that him and Joyce have a history But like, it never really goes into what that history was, right? So whatever the speculation is, and it doesn't matter whether they were friends or more than friends or whatever, like back when they were their kids ages, like, and this is, I think, the thing is they have this huge, long history. And I think he's maybe often felt that he's not ever been good enough for her. Like, that's (sighs) sort of a a thing that's kind of, and so like, there's this weird, you know, even, even when, you know, in the first season when Will goes missing and... And then second season, and just kind of the way their relationship develops. Like, she's not cautious because she doesn't feel the connection. She's just reading everything else. And Uh... she's just... You know what I... Like, she's not... I don't think she's hesitant because she's hesitant. I think she's hesitant because she feels it from him. And then she sees this, like, switch in him in season three, where he's like, ah, Enzo's ball. And he's like... But he's too, too jokey about it that she's like, eh, sure, whatever. You know, like, it's not... It doesn't feel that serious.
1: Yeah. And she's also so... She gets like... <sighs> Joyce is undiagnosed ADHD.
0: <laughs>
1: 100%. <laughs> and she's hyper fixating. Yes. On the small things at times and totally missing out on the big picture. And then yeah. other times she's so big picture that she's totally blind to the small details. Yes. And it's so interesting to see her play out those contradictions. And <laughs> to, yes. the, to the devastating detriment of her.:
0: Yes, oh, and, and he, but he hasn't figured that out yet, right? Like, he doesn't know yeah. that about her, that she, that's how she is. Because you're right, she absolutely hyperfixates. And it's kind of funny. Um, mm. But yeah, he's looking at that hyperfixation on everything but him as like as a rejection of him. And so he, like, puts that little bit of a wall back up or whatever, and then she realizes that in that moment in the end of season three where, like, she brings up the date again. Yeah. Just to, just to be, you know, and then when he's like, well, just to be clear, is this the date? And he's, she's like, hop, stop talking. I'm going to change my mind. You know, like, just, like, let's just let yeah. this be what it's going to be. And she recognizes that, like, and that's enough, and that's enough for him. And then, of course, you know, she turns the keys and he disappears and whatever um but like that whole build up and him having that like dark night of the soul if you will and then like kind of climbing out of it the camera work when joyce walks in at the prison was fucking stunning because they had it on him and you saw his facial expression change and the camera just swung around over his shoulder and there was joyce and i was just like oh my god that was magnificent because they could have very easily done a quick cut but they chose yes. not to and i love that they chose not to because it felt like it felt like we were intruding on a very intimate moment as that camera was like swinging over his shoulder and i really loved that
1: i actually felt uncomfortable watching it because it felt so intimate
0: i really liked in that bit too where like she hugs him and he's not quite sure like he feels you can tell that he's like I don't know what's going on and then Mm -hmm. when she pulls back that little bit and he kind of looks at her and then just sinks back into it and realizes like yes she's actually here like this isn't a hallucination this isn't a trick it's not a dream like this is actually happening like the the relief on his face yeah and then that's mirrored later on when he and Elle have their reunion and the like heartbreak on his face I know when they hug oh Very good. So good. Uh, Um, But that was, like, that... and I was a little annoyed that it took until episode 7 for that reunion, but it makes perfectly good sense. Like, it was good payoff to get to that point.
1: Yes. And, like I said, they were very far away away.
0: Yeah, they they were. And they went... There was a plane crash. There was a lot of things involved in getting them to that point. But I really like how they treated it, like, gently. And there were no words. There were no... You know, there was no, like, jokes about anything. It was just this, like, quiet little moment. And there were two other people in the room with them. And it was still this, like, lovely, quiet little moment. And I thought that was very well done.
1: Totally. I, yeah, I think gently is the best way to describe that. For sure. Which is good because, you know, she's a kid.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mm. uh... Yeah, I enjoyed that part. And then I also enjoyed, like, the the volume two, the shift. I was like, why are there seven episodes and only two episodes? But it totally made sense uh, how they cut that into the two yeah. different volumes. Because, like, <laughs> episodes eight and nine were just, like, balls to the wall. Like, Riva and I watched them... It got so crazy. Back to back. It was four hours of just, like, holy fuck, what is happening?
1: Yeah. I totally agree. It was, it was, like it didn't feel like a television show it felt like two movies back to back
0: yeah absolutely and they were really well done because all of these little threads that have been woven through those first seven just all of a sudden like here they are now at the beginning of eight and it was just like yeah you go for four hours and then you know get a little bit of resolution just a little bit though
1: just a little bit god it still bugs me
0: like, especially because knowing what I've read, that they're gonna start, season five is gonna start, like, just kind of balls to the wall again, and I'm like, okay, are we not, like, I get, I understand that there's, like, I don't know, a portal to another world in Hawkins, I get it, I understand this, and the gates have connected, like, I appreciate it, and the town's probably gonna be in the upside down, whatever, but, like, I just want to see them have, like, Thanksgiving dinner, you know, like, just some, yeah. some kind of, like, normal thing before everything goes to shit again. Yeah, that's what I was going
1: to say. Like, there's not really going to be a slow burn of, oh, some weird shit's happening. Is it possible the other dimension again? No, it can't be again. Our kids are being weird. Are they hiding from us some secrets about the other dimension? It's like, oh, no, we're fucking in it.
0: Yeah, which, you know what, if they go that way, because then maybe it does give that sort of like, you know, here's the aftermath, right? And you get that little bit of a payoff in that aftermath. Um, Because I thought... What I thought was really interesting about that whole business, like, because I remember you texted me and you were like, it's only been two days. Um, But like, that's how long it took to get from wherever California to Hawkins. So they only needed two days. That's fine. Um, That whole, like, everybody sort of reuniting and, you know, know, Lucas at the hospital with Max and Erica there too. Like, where the fuck are their parents? But anyway. Again, like, you That's what think, I mean.
1: I wasn't saying it's only been two days. I was like, how could they possibly jump yeah. us forward two days? Like, yeah. so much must have fucking happened yeah. in those but, like, two days. like, where are
0: the Sinclair's and where's Max's mom in the middle of all of this? Like, you know, like, when yes. Max is in the hospital. Like, I get that she's been absent for the other eight days. That's fine. But where the fuck is she when her daughter's, like, in the hospital? I is know, and I was like, I she know. can't
1: pay for these hospital bills.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um... That's okay. That was one of Larissa's questions is
1: who is scratching Max's itchy legs in her cast for her? And I was like, probably Lucas,
0: Lucas and Erica, for sure. Um, I like that. And I like that Lucas is like reading to her and Erica's just sitting there just like as much as they like, don't get along as brother and sister. Like they're still family and there's still that connection. And I liked that. Um, And I I enjoyed. Been through some shit
1: this season together where they're a
0: bit closer. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and she's not that annoying little, like, 11 year old or whatever. Like, there's that different kind of look to it. And I think, too, like, having the kids got them all back together, Mm -hmm. even in the hospital room, just like briefly, was nice. Mm -hmm. Because it's a reminder that, like, this is how this all started. And, like, Lucas, yeah. I mean, there's all this shit that's gone on with with him and his friends and, you know, whatever, with the the basketball and the D&D and all these kind of things. But, like, when he needs them, they're there.
1: Yeah. And they're there to support him, too. And it was, like, uh, yeah, it was just a little bit frustrating when Dustin was like, oh, my God, you don't know? I was like, well, yeah, Elle knows. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Elle knows because <laughs> <laughs> she piggybacks. like, <laughs>
1: But back yeah, it's a fucking dough freezer. But then yeah. that's, yeah, that's just part of the stuff that's a little bit frustrating to me. Because I think, uh, I yeah. think it would have been more dramatic and would have really shown more of a character arc for Elle if Max would have actually died and yes. not saved her. And like not oh. had the power to save her and know that like she can't. She can't trust the goodness in all people. Like no one's going to hesitate just because she's a kid.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think too with Max being in a coma though and Elle being unable to find her? Yeah. Is the next like worst thing, right? Is that she yes. did this to save her, but but so like it's that's worse. the technicality yeah. is that like Vecna killed Max.
1: Yeah, and th- that's right. what I mean. Like it would have been better for Max if Elle hadn't tried. Right? Yes. I, yes. And this is this is a strange thing too because these are this season really addressed Elle's failures. Not address them, but had us experience them. Like, she's never failed to kill a monster before, or close up a monster, or stop the bad things from happening. It seems. So I, I imagine that season five is gonna have to address that.
0: You would think so, too. And then, of course, so I opened up a BuzzFeed page because there's like fan theories
1: for season
0: five. Oh yeah um yeah let's all,
1: we better start wrapping
0: this up <laughs> yeah just so yeah but, but just before we do i did appreciate too the ending like at the cabin too i also i'm like i'm not gonna lie i that fucking phone ringing exactly when it did i was very annoyed by it i was like just let these two i know just let them hug just let them let them just fuck or something at I least let them like do start yeah, I was I was a little bit annoyed because like anyway, whatever. But then well, on the are Netflix you
1: more notes. annoyed that it wasn't even in the script and fucking Winona and David were like, uh, they're gonna kiss today. No, Sorry, no, no. guys. The,
0: the, no, the first kiss was in the script. It was the second one that they like added into it. Oh, um, I yeah, see. Yeah, the the first one was was part of the script. Um, also the look on on Joyce's face when Hopper was talking about breadsticks and lasagna. As the thing that he'd been dreaming about for all of these months, she was just, like, she was a little bit mad, and I thought that was very funny. Um, she's like, oh, I, that's what you've been thinking about, huh? Cool. Awesome. Yeah, had a funeral for you, buddy, but, like, okay. Uh, Whatever. <laughs> anyway. That whole bit was great, and I was annoyed when that phone rang, because I was just like, oh, come on, let these two, like, attractive middle-aged people just have, Full like, penetration! A, just a little bit of happiness here, just a little tiny bit. Like, at least if it's going to be interrupted, make it Murray, because that would have been funny. You know? Murray, but, like, join in! No, no, no. But, like, it's not like he didn't call it in season three, right? Yeah. Um, but no I enjoyed the bit when they all go back when they're back at the cabin and like you know Steve and Dustin and Robin are at the, the school but I like when they're all back at the cabin and there's this like just nice little quiet moments where it kind of just brings people back together and like yeah so not only is Elle reunited with Hopper who she hasn't seen for months but she's also reunited with Joyce and like Joyce for all intents and purposes is her mom right yeah. and so she gets this like
1: super in- special reunion yeah
0: Which is so lovely. Like, it was just so, so lovely that they got to do that. And then the little bit with Mike where Mike tells the Hopper that he's shrunk, I thought was very funny. Um, Yes. Nice little (laughs) little moment. Um, And so, like, I like that they did that. I just wish that, like, Will's little, like, weird spiky feeling in the back of his neck had not been there.
1: Yeah. Like, give them just a minute, you know?
0: Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, fan theories. This is a BuzzFeed page. There's a ton of them. So, here's some season five theories. Um, Max is trapped inside Vecna's mind.
1: That's probably okay.
0: reasonably fair. Because uh, Henry does say that, right? Right. To That uh, the, all the people he's killed are still in there. With yeah. Him. So, he does say that. And Brenner says when one kills, he sim- doesn't simply kill, he consumes. So,
1: that's Yes, I remember reasonable.
0: that. Um, although... Somebody did say, um, someone on Reddit says, I think it might give Max some leverage to roam around inside Vecna's memories, and it's possible she'll encounter the other victims and free them. So there's that.
1: Okay, wait, repeat?
0: So someone, like, if Max is in Vecna's mind, right? Someone on Reddit was like, well, maybe it'll give her some leverage to roam around inside his memories, and she'll encounter oh, the other victims. Oh, I see. Gotcha, gotcha, so gotcha. And that Patrick kid and Fred. And yeah, maybe sorry, Mark. I thought you said
1: 11 and not Max. Sorry.
0: Yeah, and maybe Barb? Maybe Barb will come back? (laughs) Oh, sweet Barb. Uh, Somebody says that Karen Wheeler is connected to the Creoles and will play a big role in Season 5. Because apparently Karen Wheeler had her own character poster. and She's the only one of, like, the non-Central cast who had one. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of interesting.
1: I mean, Um... did you see the pictures of her at the premiere? Because she's, like, a fucking... (laughs) dynamite looking lady yeah
0: yeah absolutely
1: wowza i was like so somebody, damn this is what you look like out of
0: costume <laughs> so somebody says about her you know karen has the poster she's panned to when the earthquake hits and no one else gets a feature and then she's mentioned in Vecna's vision for nancy huh. so who knows maybe maybe potentially um but yeah it's interesting too because the posters right like eleven's posters at the lab and joyce's in russia will's in california and nancy's at the creole house but then karen her the backdrop of her poster apparently is also the Creole house so there you go and someone theorized that she's vecna's sister that seems insane what no just she died just read <laughs>
1: okay sorry
0: uh the mind flare is the actual big bad Okay so that's the theory and it's just like uh what is it this, this person just based
1: here. on the effect that will had and not yeah, and the, oh, and like the fact, will wasn't affected
0: and the fact that um uh what was in was that season two yeah season two that Elle runs away and she yes. goes to wherever and is it callie is that the
1: I can't anyway. remember.
0: Yeah, anyway, so she finds her, right? And she's, just like, disappeared. She's been, like, retconned out of the story. I don't know. But anyway, basically, someone says here, the Mind Flayer is the main villain. The upcoming time jump is spent trying to close the large rips in between dimensions while things are dormant and both sides are recovering. That would actually make sense. Um, the connection with Russia makes no sense if governments hadn't already been messing with gates. A gate that was opened somewhere along the Mind Flayer ability to connect with Henry, creating... His negative mind against the world, Henry also turns into Mind Flare Particles at the end of the season. Ooh, good point.
1: You know good what's point. interesting though is that like they talk about like like what are the governments doing with this? Like the government's fucking sixties and forward were doing so much weird ass experimentation. Like El's mom is fucking MK Ultra. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of government oversight happening yeah, here, true. gang. It's true. They're getting lots of money, but there's not a lot of people checking in on what's being done.
0: Yeah. So serious so this is this theory here is ultimately that then the mind flare has been controlling everything, not Vecna.
1: Interesting. And Vecna's been
0: a puppet. That
1: of is, the uh, Mind Flare. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Vecna's more powerful than the Mind Flare is. It does. Though. I
0: agree. I agree. So uh, Oh, here's the theory that we're both going to hate. Eddie Munson will return.
1: No, he's dead. Um, And that, like,
0: I... Although, although... It's I not that think... I would
1: hate that. It's just it's not going to happen because he's literally dead.
0: No, I know, but this is what... So, so here's where they're they're basing this on. It has to do with, Dun- with Dungeons & Dragons. It's that because he died from the bat bite, that he will become a vampire creature from D&D, who's in D&D is Re- Vecna's right-hand man. So that's the... And Cass's weapon is a sword and a shield with spikes on it, just like Eddie's trash can shield with nails in it. So, anyway, that's a theory. That's a theory. I don't know any. I don't know enough, but that's a theory. I'm not going to give it any any credence. Um, the um, most sorry. powerful villain in Dungeons and Dragons is not Vecna. There's a dragon, a red dragon. Yes,
1: I did hear about this and that's related to the picture that will drew And what what
0: Nancy saw with the giant creature with the big mouth. Yep. So there's that.
1: So there's that. But it seems like all of, I think all of the D&D shit you can take as much more likely than the other shit because it seems Mm -hmm. like they're literally reading the player's handbook and then putting that stuff in the show. So Mm -hmm.
0: I agree. So, this next one is Will getting possessed by Vecna for old time's sake. And that because the kind of character the Vecna is, is a humanoid spellcaster that seeks to divide death by magical means. So, potentially, then Vecna, you know, has to inhabit a human soul. Oh, so you
1: think he's inhabiting Will?
0: That's the theory. And it's because, apparently, apparently, according to this person, their theory in the, like, alignment chart, right? Like, the character alignment? Yeah, yeah. But Vecna is actually neutral evil. And Will... Yeah, that makes sense. ...is true neutral. So they're not that far apart in their, like... Like, Will's character um, is not that far apart. So I
1: Interesting. Think. That and one... And the
0: Duffers have said that Will will play a, a key role in Season 5.
1: Well, yeah, I, I was even thinking, like, there's the potential of Vecna, like, using the control to undermine l like get close to her and yes because l's really the only enemy he could possibly have like she's the only one even close to his equal and in, in you know recreating whatever this perfect world is that he envisions
0: yeah another uh, next one here uh none of the events of the show actually happened and after finally finishing season four, this person says, I still stand by my theory that Stranger Things has just been them playing d d this entire time. Season five is going to end with them all around a table. I would lose nope. my fucking mind if they did that.
1: No, that's stupid um, and dumb.
0: The, another one, we've already seen the giant monster from Nancy's Vision. Uh, this person on Reddit says, because um, Nancy says, we still haven't seen the giant creature with a gaping mouth, right? And then... Uh, this Reddit user is like, yeah, I see a giant cross of red lava carved through Hawkins, almost like the closed mouth of a Demogorgon, so there's that.
1: Yeah, I'm I did sure. notice that, like, the, the like, four petals or whatever mm-hmm. of the face.
0: Mm-hmm. And so the the person on BuzzFeed says, I mean, the Duffers did say the opening scene of Season 5 is going to be pretty epic, and a monster opening its mouth and swallowing the town whole would be pretty well to watch, so, like, that could be kind of cool. Um... Time travel will play a significant role in season five. Um, but the clock was important enough, so I can. Uh, there's got to be some credence to that I think maybe because just that like symbolism of the clock. Because um, he showed Nancy the future, he goes back into the past, right? Like there's this. Yeah. It's, it's potential. The potential exists for some time travel. But that's
1: that begs the question: like, what are the extent of one's powers, mm-hmm. right? And how much is. He truly capable of, and if again mm-hmm. Brenner's so fucking surprised that his super soldier children are fucking super soldiers, I'm gonna mm-hmm. be so mad.
0: <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna read you this last one, and this is about Will and D D and stuff. So, it's a little bit long. My theory on why the Upside Down has the appearance of the day Will entered is because Will made it that way to comfort him when he first got taken. I think it's highly possible Will has natural-born powers, just like Henry slash Vecna slash one, which explains why he's so obsessed with Will. Will just hasn't unlocked them yet because he's been too busy battling another mental battle feeling like an outcast because of his sexuality. Whatever these powers are allowed Will to change the physical makeup of the upside down to resemble Hawkins on the last normal night of his life, doing the thing he loved most, and mentions wanting to go back to many times wanting to go back to many times throughout the series, playing D and D in Mike's basement. He subconsciously changed what the upside down looked like while he was in there to comfort himself while lost in this mysterious world. It's a stretch, but it explains why in every season, even in season four, he mentions he wanted to just play D&D with his friends forever and it also explains why Henry would never kill Will because he sees how powerful and useful he could be as well as sees Will as a younger Henry
1: see I was actually thinking of this too because it doesn't seem like it seems like the upside down version of Hawkins is a mental construct because when mm-hmm. you see Vecna and when where he inhabits it looks nothing like the same
0: Mm -hmm. upside
1: down that the kids are in agreed so yeah there's definitely there's definitely something in there that makes Mm -hmm. sense to me
0: so yeah i don't know i i feel like if the first i kind of like the idea of hawkins turning into the upside down like the whole thing Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the season i think that'd be really interesting um but at the end of it all like it's, it's obviously this is the last season so it's there's going to be some kind of like a happy-ish ending right like there's going to be yes you know and i would imagine again i don't know for sure but i just kind of based on how the show has sort of gone so far as much as you know there's been like high stakes ish the stakes aren't that high for any of these characters no and they're still kids and so i yes. imagine that they're mostly not gonna die i think murray's gonna die in season five
1: i mean i hope it's playing playing i hope it's doing jujitsu like
0: (laughs) with a flamethrower like both at the same time you know um but i think murray's gonna die that's how he dies
1: he tries to jujitsu (laughs) while flamethrower and it just goes horribly awry (laughs)
0: um but like i don't i just i don't know if this is the kind of at the end, then this is the thing. At the end of the show's run, if this was, like, a season two, season three, and they were planning more, yeah, you can kill off one of your big characters and, like, have people grapple with that. But yeah. to do it at the end seems
1: empty. Yeah. Absolutely. Because right? there's no... There's yeah. a huge lack of resolution, right? Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: But I will say if Steve dies, I'm going to riot, because he's probably my favorite character.
1: He's and I don't say this lightly, the only one who deserves happiness. (laughs) Just kidding.
0: Wow. (laughs) Just kidding.
1: (laughs) The other person is Erica.
0: (laughs) Erica deserves, she's going to be the president someday. A hundred percent. She's Michelle Obama. (laughs) Yeah, a hundred percent. So it's funny that you say that, that Steve is the only one who deserves happiness. I think they all deserve a little bit of happiness after all of this, um, but it's really, I saw something on, I think it might have been on Instagram. Somebody was like, you know, an adult watching Stranger Things, and it was like from season one to so like season four reactions. And they were like, oh, this, oh, and no, then whatever. And they're like, oh, it was, you know, oh, Hopper, he's kind of, and then for season four, it's like Hopper got hot. And I would just like to say, he was always attractive.
1: Yes, he was always hot.
0: Yeah, there was no, there was something about that whole like, you know, rough and tumble, whatever, that I was like, yeah, that's fine. There's nothing wrong yep. with that. It works. Um,
1: I have an ender for us. All right, let's do if it. If you're feeling it, yeah. Fuck, marry, kill, Steve, oh, no. Robin, Nancy.
0: <laughs> oh no! Um, oh god, you have. To, I think you have to marry Steve. I think. I feel like he's like the I, the sweet and like sensitive one. I think Nancy, you might have to kill her. Wow. I think I don't know. She's that's tough. That's stuff, Nancy's, I,
1: I think, like, Nancy's think... gonna be the breadwinner, though.
0: <laughs> yes, except Nancy doesn't need anybody.
1: Yes, that's true. That's, that's true. The,
0: I think that's it. I think Nancy doesn't need people enough to, yeah, so I think you have to kill her.
1: Yeah. Really? You wanna fuck Robin?
0: Well, I wanna, I'd rather marry Steve, so, like, I think that's just, like, the you know?
1: Robin, uh... I just wanna, like sit her on his shelf and just like <laughs> have her just be like blissful and happy. And I just want her to stay in a little cocoon of happiness.
0: So you don't want to marry or fuck her either?
1: No, no, she's just, she's so sweet. She's so pure. She, she just, yeah, it's tough. It's I tough.
0: Do, I do appreciate that you chose non children characters for this. This episode. was from
1: Larissa. This was from I Larissa. I should I have said.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Larissa, for not making us uh, make terrible choices dealing yes. with child characters. Absolutely like, not.
1: Much. Absolutely not.
0: But like, if I had to pick one of the kids to like lead me into battle, Erica, hands down. Fall erica and
1: nancy. nancy nancy wielding that shotgun in slow motion was probably <laughs> the hottest song. thing i've ever fucking seen in my life
0: no it was nancy sawing off the shotgun first and then she's like oh, i think it's a felony and i was like oh dang okay um and then yes wielding and it was funny i there was a thing on youtube i think maybe as instagram i don't know and joe kiri and my hawk were watching her do that and they were yeah. so pumped for her, like, wielding that. Like, they just thought it was the best thing in the world.
1: It is. It's one of, like I said, it's one of the hottest things I've ever seen in my whole good. life. It that's was incredible. Good. Um, yeah. Like, contrast that with Steve just, like, driving a Winnebago.
0: <laughs> but that's what they But there you go. Like, Nancy does not need anybody. Like, that's yeah. the thing. That's it's the very point, true. right? She it's very true. Um, oh, God, what a great season. It was wonderful. And it set up a really good end. Like, it really did. Yes, it did. It set up a phenomenal final season, whatever that's going to be. And I'm sure it'll be good, because I think they've just progressively gotten better.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I think it's... They've progressively gotten better, and the kids... I think Elle's been a phenomenal actor since season Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. But it's been really great to see... Really talented additions to the cast too, while the core cast has just remained incredible and/or gotten better.
0: Um, we didn't mention, and we should have Sadie Sink in that episode four. Oh god, she didn't get any
1: it. nominations. Hey, did you no, see
0: that? I know she. fucking oh, such a snub! Killed that unbelievable.
1: Yeah, that's one of those moments that you know goes into the television canon of like. Mm-hmm these are monumental cultural experiences mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. just just fantastic just yeah great 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 great
0: and also Kate Bush uh, owning the rights to her song um hell yeah was absolutely the greatest move she's ever made in her entire life uh because she's made like three million dollars just yep. from this show yep and from streaming and stuff since the, uh, that episode aired which is amazing
1: and just cemented her immortal status really
0: yeah and people were being annoyed like oh no these kids haven't heard of kate bush before i'm like shut up who cares like you probably learned about some of your favorite music from like video games so like just leave it alone that leads me to a question what would your song be
1: oh i had an answer to this because my sister asked me it the other day or not the other day but when we were watching season one and there's a very there's there's two different ways to go about this. It's like, what am I listening to obsessively right now?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what's like something I could listen to for forever, forever, forever. Mm-hmm. So which?
0: Both. I would like to hear both. Both? Ah, I- oh, the same kind of answers.
1: Right now, it's Dream Girl Evil by Florence and the Machine. That's okay. obsessive. Okay. Also, Late Night Talking by Harry Styles. Great tune. Okay. And... Also, everybody's gay by Lizzo. <laughs> That's
0: a great <laughs> tune too. Okay.
1: Okay. Any one of those three, those on a loop would be great for me. Fucking okay. all time is a tough one. So give me your give me your current one.
0: Okay, my current I, again. I have two current ones. Um, it, the re-record of Comeback Be Here by Taylor Swift, which mm-hmm. I would say is the best re-record on Red. I think phenomenal. Um, there's that one. Um, and then I also think. I don't know. Something else on that dumb playlist. Give me a second. <laughs> oh, probably honestly, probably Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. I love that song. Oh. It's such a great song. Those would be my two I the, and those are like that. those are in my like rotation like quite heavily. This is like my liked playlist on Spotify, so it's just stuff that I listen to over and over and over. Um
1: Oh my yeah. god, embarrassingly, mine might be <laughs> Oh god, what's it called? It's by fucking Bon Jovi. Oh my god.
0: Yes. A bed of Roses. <laughs> oh, Kelsey, this is my favorite thing I've ever learned about you. I love it. So I've happy. listened
1: to that sound, that song in the last year, probably six hundred times. I don't know why. It's just like it's really it's obsessive.
0: So that's really funny that you say that because I have two like all timers. Mm Of a Bon Jovi song and a song by Moist. Um, Ooh. Song by Moist is Resurrection. That's my favorite all time of theirs. I don't. Yeah. Then that album, Creature, is my favorite album of all time.
1: Such a. I remember when that came out and, like, everyone's moms got wet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And then, like, I understand it. I get it now.
1: Um, Yeah, I totally get it now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I saw them when I was 13 and uh, we were in the third row of the Jubilee Auditorium and I think I understood it then, too. So i (laughs) (laughs) Um. And my other one would be probably I'll Be There For You by Bon Jovi. Oh, so good. It's a great song.
1: Um, I'm trying to think of another oh, one. Oh, and that...
0: also is Matthew Goodband's song Tripoli. Tripoli? Tripoli. Um, yes, I heard him play it live. I've seen Matthew Good in concert like, I don't know, 25 times. I heard him play that song exactly one time, and it changed my life. So that would be the oh, third.
1: Wow. My second is probably Back to You by Brian Adams.
0: Oh, yes.
1: And then, I'm just trying to think of things that I like. I'll, you know, know every word back to front with zero Mm. effort. Probably 10,000 Promises by the Backstreet Boys.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. That's a great one. Um, One day we should do, like, a 15-minute short episode of us just naming songs that we like. (laughs) (laughs) Just and like all YouTube boring short, thing, just, thing ever. That would be hilarious. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah,
1: that's um. So yeah. what? What essentially we've heard right now is we like pretty boys singing to us about sad things and how much they <laughs> love sad women, and also <laughs> women singing about how sad it is that their childhood is ending. yeah <laughs> basically. That's pretty <laughs> much it.
0: Oh, God, that's so funny. That's really, really funny. Um, But it's just, it's it's interesting, I think, that in the show, the way that they use that music. Yeah. It's a really, like, I think that's neat, right? Because, like, music is one of those things that gets used in television and movies a lot, but, like, can be transformative for so many people. And in this case, it's, like, legitimately so.
1: 100%. And to have the, especially when they're talking about Shows about kids and how when you're young, music is so transformative as part of your identity, and like mm-hmm. liking music really allows you to explore and express yourself. And like, in this moment, she's literally saved by her favorite song, and that's pretty incredible.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, look at what the songs that we just named. Like, we're like, yes, there's some current things that we're listening to, but let's go back to 1988 for this one. Like. <laughs> Oh, God.
1: <laughs> I'm so embarrassed about Bed of Roses. Oh, oh my such God. a good song. It's I okay. just... Yeah. Oh, I, I can just... It. When I'm on my way to the animal shelter, I can just fucking scream it to myself, and it's yeah. just so good.
0: because yeah, I have Bon Jovi's entire discography in my iTunes. I really he's should. I, he's hits.
1: got a fantastic voice, and it's he so really underrated.
0: Does. He really does. I, I saw an interview with him a long time ago. Um, about their, like, I it was, cause they toured in like 2007 and we went to see them and I've seen them a couple other times. Um, and he said that their last ditch with their album, New Jersey, that they had decided if this one doesn't take off, like we're done because we can't keep doing this. Yeah. And so when they wrote living on a prayer, uh, he could sing the notes at that time in his life. Can't sing those notes anymore because they're way too high. And so he's like, we never imagined that this would like be a hit. Yeah, to, like have, to, to have to in, do it day in day years out. Years later, yeah. So he's like, so we. That's why we sing it down the octave now because I can't hit those notes. And I was like, oh, that's funny.
1: And you know what? So Elton John's the same way. He can't sing the high octave, so it's always yeah. at least an octave lower. But
0: Adele is. The he same blamed way.
1: it on all his pot smoking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Adele was the same way at her concert. In, yeah. um Someone like you, she sings it down. Is it, it low? Like, it's, yeah, it's too hard to sustain in a concert she's like she can do it if she's doing like a one-off but in performance she can't because her voice is so tired already and i'm like yeah that's fair yeah seems reasonable anyway um we talked a lot about the stranger things sorry for spoiling it for you but why haven't you watched it yet and what did you expect from us honestly
1: yeah like get get with it get out there enjoy some good stuff
0: uh yeah um you can find our things on the internet in some places <laughs> where there's podcasts uh apple uh on itunes soundcloud Stitcher, I think, is one of them. Google Play. We don't do Google Play anymore, but I like saying it anyway. Yeah, um, it's not. it's
1: got a, a completeness to it, the sentence.
0: Yeah, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. There's Google a Play. rhythm to it. One, Shakespeare two, would be three, proud of that four. Yeah. He sure would. Uh, yeah, uh, you can email us or find us on Instagram. We have a website. That's about it.
1: And we're going to try to be more regular, we promise.
0: <laughs> we are. We're going to try and do it like, monthly where possible, and if that means when we have some time, maybe we like put an episode in the can, we can do that as well so we have yeah. some like content we'll figure that out on our own sorry for the wait but I know you've all been waiting to know everything we want to know uh wanted to say about Stranger Things we have other stuff to talk about but we're not going to do that tonight
1: no it's 10 o'clock yeah It needs to be you know what happens so when badly. we record at 10
0: o'clock we get real punchy yeah <laughs> um anyway as always thank you so much for listening
1: and we'll see you in the dumpster <laughs>